Welcome into an emergency edition of the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prame. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And today, big verbal commitment for the Oregon basketball program. Um, it's been a good week for the Ducks and Dana Allman. <coughs> and they've landed a verbal commitment from four-star center Frank Capang, Norristown, Pennsylvania, Westtown School, he is basically one of the highest rated prospects in the country, not to be a five-star 27th best player nationally, according to 24 seven sports is composite sixth best center, second best player in the state of Pennsylvania. He committed to Auburn. He committed to Oregon over offers from Auburn, Connecticut, DePaul, Georgia, uh, Alabama, uh, Vanderbilt, I believe has, has offered as well. Indiana, Kansas, Maryland, Miami, uh, St. John's, Stanford. You go down the list, UCLA, Wake Forest, Washington. Uh, a lot of big schools have offered this prospect a scholarship, and the Oregon Ducks have now secured it, which gives them a three-man recruiting class in the class of 2021. Frank Capeng joins uh, fellow center and five-star prospect Nathan Biddle. Both are 6'11". Biddle, though, is considerably thinner than Capeng. Uh, this is... <laughs> What's going to be different about Oregon? Biddle can play that power forward spot. So can Frank, but uh, Frank Capang is six foot 11, 250 pounds. He is a different type of prospect that is not in the Pac 12 currently. There isn't a single guy in the league that's going to fit his uh, skill set and physical uh, assessment uh, that Frank Capang will bring into to Oregon's program. He also joins three star small forward Jonathan Lawson, the younger brother of current sophomore Chandler Lawson. Oregon now sits with a score of 61.92 from a 2021 basketball recruiting class ranking score. Uh, that places them seventh in the country. Florida State, Villanova, Baylor, DePaul, Michigan State, Michigan, and now uh, the Oregon Ducks. They just they they they've made a pretty big jump. About a month, about a week ago, they were I believe in the 40s and are now sitting seventh in the country for this recruiting uh, ranking. And we, we said it on the podcast earlier this week for Jonathan Lawson's commitment that Oregon would be in a position to contend for the best class in school history. And that's now, or not school, school history, yes, but also the number one class in, in the country this year. And by landing Frank Capang and knowing who else is out there, Eric, uh, this class is in position to go out and, compete for that top spot because they've added a, another dynamic, impressive athlete. Super dynamic, <laughs> super athletic. And it's funny, you, the, there's absolutely zero comparison really in any way to Nate Biddle. Like they, they couldn't be further from, further, further from the other one, which is why I think they pair really well together. Um, I, I, I mean, I wrote in my film review that, you know, <laughs> the way Kapang is built, it's like, you almost think he's going to be backing up Bam Adebayo for the Miami Heat or something. I mean, he looks like he's 22, 23, 24 years old already um, as a high school junior. It just physically gifted and put together um, athletic and bouncy. I, I struggled to find a comparison from an Oregon player previously, like just because of the pure physical size, like Covell Bigby Williams or Michael Dunnigan, maybe. Um, he's, I think he's, they're both, he's, you know, he's a couple inches taller than Jordan Bell, or that might be apt. Although I think Jordan is, cons you know, considerably a little bit more bouncy. Kenny Wooten certainly was. Um, I, I think this is a great addition. And we talked about 
the you know the, the need to find somebody to place next to Nate Biddle, who is super skilled offensively, very long, can protect the rim, but is a beanpole and and could in theory get pushed around. Not in theory, would would most likely get pushed around by you know a college sophomore or junior who's hit the weight room already. This gives you a guy that takes away that concern, and now you can play Biddle on a smaller player possibly or, or however you want to defend. I just think this is a nice addition in pairing with Biddle, but he's on his own and a great prospect too. Um, you know, I think offensively he's a little bit raw. Primarily he's kind of just like a rim runner put back guy, but he does show um, some kind of nifty footwork in the paint, nice touch to probably six to ten feet. Um, not not somebody who, from what I saw, really has much of a perimeter jump shot, but that can obviously develop. And uh, given the way the game goes these days, probably expect by some point, whether it's at Oregon or in a professional career, he is able to shoot the ball better to distance. But that's not something I, I at least saw right now. So I think it's a great addition. You know, Matt, you're talking about possibly landing a top class nationally. They're, they're seventh tier. And, and this is really snug up on, on me, at least, of Oregon. It wasn't that long ago that they had no commitments in this class. And then, like you said, they added Biddle. Um, the class was a one-player class, and then just now in this last week here, adding Lawson and now Kapang, ducks are ducks are rolling a little bit here on the recruiting trail after what was a pretty quiet start, and you wonder kind of what the future could hold. I mean, they, they've got like Matt established on the the Lawson podcast early in the week. Oregon has some room here to add at least two to three to four. I think you suggested maybe even like five guys if they want to, wanted to go crazy. Um, like how, how, how does this, how does this, we talked about it and about how they needed to go find a big guy here. They did. They found it. I mean, do you think that they're done now at this position and they're going to be mostly looking at, you know, perimeter wings and guards, or, or do you think there's room to, to maybe find another big? Yeah. I think you, you anticipate and follow Dante uh, going off to the NBA after the 20, 2021 season. So he won't be, a, he won't be on the roster. You also will lose Eugene Omorari. Um, from your roster, he's a senior. He will he will not be back on Oregon's team next year. So your your roster currently includes Chandler Lawson, who would be a junior when these prospects show up on campus. Luke Wer, who would be a sophomore when these prospects lo- uh, walk up. Oregon did use Addison Patterson a little bit as kind of like a very small power forward at times. He would be a junior when he when these prospects get on campus eric williams would be a senior he's more of a small forward slash power forward guy so they've got some pieces but i, I isaac johnson uh, a yeah. guy that signed with oregon's class a couple of years ago should be on campus next year he's another center so you 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 pair uh he, he took a mission trip that's why he's not with the team but he's done um you pair isaac johnson with frank capang Nate Biddle and Chandler Lawson and Luke were, and that's kind of your five man rotation for your center and power forward spots. I think Kapang is probably your starting center Biddle uh, or, or maybe Lawson, um, maybe Lawson fends him off. But I think you sure. look at that group and think Oregon's got an established player in Lawson, a dynamic athlete that the PAC 12 will have currently at least uh, no one similar to stature in the roster at the center spot. And then Biddle can play center, but it's more of a power forward, especially in Oregon system. Uh, I look at this, what's next for Oregon is, yeah, they're, they're going out and they're going to try and find guards. They're going to try and find wings, uh, guys similar to, to Jonathan Lawson who can play multiple positions. 
we should note that we talk about how this impacts Oregon this year. Kapang is, is one of the best prospects to ever land at Oregon. Matt said it earlier. He's 27th nationally. I, I think there are 25 five-stars in the class of 2021. So do the math there. He's really close to being a five-star. He's basically a borderline five-star, very much a high, high four-star. Um, in terms of the players Oregon has landed historically, and, and this goes back to the beginning of the 2000s, he is tied for the 10th best player to ever commit slash sign. And again, his ranking is not frozen like these others are. And it's in theory, he could move up or down. So he could move up higher on this list or he could move off of it entirely. But he is tied now with Tyler Dorsey as the 10th best player to ever commit slash sign with Oregon. Um, that is a player Oregon fans certainly are familiar with um, who had a great career in Eugene. And I'm sure um, they, if Frank ends up having a career similar to him, that's going to be uh, a huge development. Um, I'll just run through the guys ahead of him really quick. Just to, I think it's kind of fun looking through here. But number nine, Michael Dunnigan. Eight, C.J. Walker from last year's team. A lot of these guys are recent players. Seven, Lewis King. Six, Jabari Brown. Five, Nate Biddle, also from the 2021 class. Four, Enfale Dante. Three, Troy Brown. Two, Malik Harrison. One, Bull Bull. Um, I mean, it is a... <laughs> a ton of talent here that Oregon has landed under Dana Altman. Um, the majority, the high majority of these players are his recruits and um, Kapang is just the latest. And as Matt said a second ago, like I, we probably shouldn't be too shocked to see Kapang knocked off this list at some point anyway, because Oregon might go out and, and sign somebody who's even higher rated than him or somebody in that range, um, even in 2021 and certainly in the next couple of classes. You look at the roster, what's expected to be on it. I'm not going to assume um, and follow Dante and Will Richardson being on the roster next year. Um, I think both those guys go pro after this season. But you look at the top 25 players to sign with the Oregon Ducks, five of the 25 should be on the roster. That would be Nate Biddle, who is fifth best in program history. Frank Kapang, who is tied for 10th with Tyler Dorsey. You also have Addison Patterson, who is 14th. You also then have, last but not least, Jalen Terry, who is 23rd. Plus, I should know, Isaac Johnson is 24th among this group. So you're going to have, you know, Isaac Johnson, Frank Capang, Nate Biddle, all of those guys, six foot 11. Um, tons of length on the roster going into next season now. Uh, Luke Ware is an extremely long athlete at 6'8", 6'9", as well. Um, Jalen Terry is an elite point guard, You know, one of, the, one of the better players at the position in the 2020 class. Addison Patterson uh, was a guy that was top 50 recruit coming in to the program out of Scottsdale a year early. And like you said, Eric, I mean, there are still some really big names on the board for Oregon in, in the class of 2021 that they could go out and – theoretically line uh theoretically land and i think the most notable would be Jaden hardy um a top five player in the country he's probably looking more at kentucky maybe ucla but oregon is still there they are still in the picture for him hunter salas is another top 10 player in the country that oregon is in in the mix with right now another guard but you mentioned it earlier. Um, who would Oregon go out and, and try and find? It's guards now. I, I think that's the most important thing is going out and finding prospects that can 
handle the ball, can shoot the three, can defend the perimeter because your front court for the, for the foreseeable future now with Frank Capang in the picture looks pretty, pretty solid and pretty set for the next two, three, three years at, at, at minimum. I was just thinking here, Matt, probably argue this is the best front court hall organs had in one class. I know they had Bull Bull and Lewis King in one class, but just from a three guys of Kapang, Biddle, and Johnson, 6'11", three big guys, that's not a bad, not a bad class at all up front. And, yeah, now it's seeing if they can go out and land some of these dynamic wings and guards, which I think they're okay at on the 21-22 roster. Um, some of it will depend upon – eligibility and who returns and everything, but certainly could use a couple of guys there to, to kind of make things more interesting on the perimeter. And I, I think that will get figured out where those players come from. Um, I think that's, what's going to make this push to finish out the class. Interesting. Does Oregon go Juco? Do they go traditional and try and lo- load up on high school players? Um, do they go out and take traditional transfers? Maybe there's a maybe there's a couple guards out there that are at a four-year school right now that want to, you know, middle of the year this year transfer out of the program and come to Oregon, or do they go out and, and go the grad transfer route? And maybe theoretically, maybe someone from the roster, maybe like a LJ Figueroa, maybe and a Hardy, maybe both those guys, Amari Hardy, um, maybe the both those guys who are supposed supposed to be seniors on this year's roster. Maybe the NCAA, which they are considering uh, providing athletes an extra year of eligibility like they've done for football and fall sports, maybe that carries over to winter because of COVID because it's obviously still here. Maybe those guys are the mix. Maybe that's how they they cover up their holes at the guard position next season is they get an LJ Figueroa or a Hardy uh, to come come back next season. Um, Don't know. You can't count on that because it hasn't been declared yet from the NCAA. They're still – discussing it and trying to work through the policies of it. But I think Oregon's going to go somewhat all the above, essentially. Like I, I expect Oregon to go out and try and find one or two high school guys to play the guard positions. I expect Oregon to also go out and try and find maybe one Juco or regular transfer uh, that has to sit out a year and then also go out and maybe try and add a grad transfer to the mix. They have Aaron Estrada. They have Jalen Terry. They have Addison Patterson, they have Eric Williams, and they have Jonathan Lawson. But I think it wouldn't be surprising if they add one of each, one more high school guy, one more JUCO, you know, four-year transfer sit guy, and one one grad transfer. It just makes kind of sense for what Oregon's done. But I think that finally, Eric, it feels like they've finally kind of gotten into a rotation where in a cycle of rebuilding the roster, every year they kind of know, okay, we've got X amount of guys back. And we need to go out and add X amount of guys to the roster. The the the, the turn the, you know, the constant turnover and juggling and rebuilding of a roster feels like it's almost over. It sure does, and and I like you just established. I I like the varied approach of you try to take maybe a top prep guy, you find a JUCO who gives you a couple of years, and and then maybe a grad transfer means you're having some veteran presences on every team, and and that was I think pretty clearly an issue back in what was that the 2017, 18 season after the elite or the final four run where they didn't make the tournament. I think that team sorely could have used, I know they had a couple of grad transfers, but they sorely could have used a little bit more experience. And we've seen in the last couple cycles, a shift. Um, I think it's a good shift and I, and I think it's proven to be successful and will continue to be successful going forward. 
All right, that's going to do it for us here on this emergency edition of the Odds and Audibles podcast. We have more on the site following Frank Capang's verbal commitment. Six foot 11, 250 pound center, ranked 27th in the country regardless of position. Announced his verbal commitment over the weekend. And it's a big one for Dana Altman and the Oregon Ducks. So go to Duck Territory for more coverage on that. For Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Prem. You've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks.